If you're an established woman in tech who is creating results and making an impact at work, so your workload and stress just keep growing, but promotions and salary bumps remain a distant dream, it's time for a change. Listen, we all know the tech industry has dramatically changed. It's time your career approach did too. You don't need cookie cutter programs or dusty advice from outdated playbooks because What works for tech bros won't work for you. You need individualized, bespoke support to build your brave career. One that reflects who you are as a woman in tech. I invite you to explore career coaching with me. Get all the details, including prices and client results at tricksteinbach.com. You can stress less work less, and earn more. You've already earned it. Let's make it happen. Welcome to the Celebrate Brave podcast, a podcast for women in and around the tech industry. Every week, we dive into the conversations, frameworks, and best practices to help you stress less, work less, and earn a lot more. My name is Nicole Trick-Steinbach, your host and the international bravery coach for women in tech. Let's go. Hey there, woman in tech. Welcome back. I'm thrilled that you are going to get this episode. This is an audience question episode. The question this week is how do I keep going after a loss? This question actually came with a really specific story, but it's valuable for everybody. So this person had been interviewing for their dream job. They sped through the screening call, the first conversation, the second conversation. They even went through a panel where they presented And they were in the finalist, and the other finalist got the job. And it was really crushing to this woman. And I understand why. This was her dream job. She'd been looking for a couple of years. She is employed, but she wants to grow. And this is my answer to how you keep going, because we all experience loss. We try and we fail. We try, we succeed, then we fail. We all have these experiences. So how do you keep going? Well, the first part is you allow the emotion. Be grumpy and sad. Be frustrated and annoyed. Stamp your feet. Whine. Complain, moan, and groan. Allow the feelings. You wanted something. You were so brave and you allowed yourself to want something and it didn't work out. There are no good emotions. There are no bad emotions. There are just emotions. So give yourself permission and allow the emotions. Be brave enough to experience whatever 
it is you need to experience. The second part, and you don't rush through the first part, okay? (laughs) Take your time. You know, the woman who wrote this to me, we ended up in a little bit of an exchange, and she had spent six weeks interviewing for this position. Six weeks. Why should she be over it in six minutes or six hours or six days? Don't rush through it. Give yourself permission. Allow the emotion. All right, the second part. And this sounds really, really hard. Trust. Trust that everything you lose really is an experience, a path to what you really, really deserve. I'm going to share an extreme example And then I'm going to share another less extreme example. But I really want you to feel the extremity of the first example. So as I record this, I'm 41 years old. That means on September 11th, 2001, I was in my last year of college I was living in Pittsburgh, which was one of the cities that was evacuated. The final plane crashed in a field in the middle of Pennsylvania, but we didn't know that at the time. There was a person I knew, a person that I got to know really well, that I still treasure. And for this person's confidentiality, for their privacy, I'm not going to go into every detail, but here's what I am going to tell you. They grew up with the World Trade Centers. They saw it from their community, always. This person has a number of siblings. And on that day, for those of you who are not American, who are very young, what happened is a number of international global terrorists utilized their flight training to hijack commercial airplanes, and then they crashed them, one into each of the two towers for the then World Trade Center, which was identified with globalism and capitalism. The other plane was crashed into the Pentagon, which symbolizes military strength, war, and the fourth one, as I mentioned, crashed in a field in Pennsylvania. On this day, this person in my life, their siblings were scheduled to be in the World Trade Center. I think two of them had a meeting. One of them had a job interview, I believe. And the other one, that was her workplace. And for about 24 hours, This person's mother didn't know where any of her children were. The cell towers had gone down. Most of them were on top of the World Trade Center. Both of them collapsed the columns. And people were panicked. Of course, that which was left 
was either reserved for emergency personnel or it was completely overflooded. Here's what happened. All of the siblings survived. The one in Pittsburgh survived. We were always safe. We just didn't know it for a couple of hours. But it was really hard to make calls to New York. I couldn't get a hold of one of my good friends for days. And the siblings, they all survived too. Why? Well, one of them woke up to a very annoying voicemail message that said, hey, I've decided at this last minute, it's really not worth us all meeting in Manhattan. Drive on down to the other side of New Jersey. Let's meet there. This sibling was so frustrated. I had an entire day planned on being in Manhattan and had to reschedule everything. So they didn't go to Manhattan. The other one missed their public transport and was so frustrated. They were late again. So they didn't make it to the World Trade Center. It was already crumbling before they could. The other one got stuck in a massive traffic jam, ended up driving into the city in a different way, and was so frazzled. She was far away when the buildings crumbled. And the last one, she was in the building. She had lived through a number of these situations, but there was a colleague. And this colleague had not. And this colleague was, quote, we thought she was overreacting. So a few of the colleagues decided, you know what, we'll just go down with her. Those colleagues escaped. Every single one of those siblings dealt with a failure. Traffic, missed public transport. Meeting got shifted again, had to stop their work to take care of this colleague. Every single one of them. And those obstacles, those failures, those annoyances, those tries that aren't working out. Now, every single time that I am inconvenienced in some way, delayed in some way, I remind myself to trust. I don't know why I miss my public transport. I don't know why a meeting gets rescheduled. I don't know why there's major traffic. I don't know why someone else is having a strong emotional response. But more and more, since I first heard this story, I've chosen to trust those inconveniences. Find your own personal story. Granted, the example I just gave you is an extreme example. It's also a story full of miracles. They don't all have to be that extreme for you to build your trust. So I said I would share a more personal story 
And here it is. I left corporate as a global senior director. I had actually turned down, I think, two VP offers, so to become a vice president. And I had turned them down for really good reasons. That job just wasn't right for me. Long story short, by the time I went through all of this, I realized that just the role of VP wasn't what I wanted to do. I love working directly with people as well as large-scale projects. There's nothing wrong with being a VP. I'm very proud of my clients who become VPs and grow above VPs. I have friends who have been VPs or are VPs. It just wasn't right for me. But at this moment in time, I had already rejected I think it was two VP positions when I discovered a VP position was available and it looked like the role for me. It was almost written exactly for me and my ambitions. Yeah, okay, I'd have to do more budgetary work, have to do some more compliance work, But other than that, it just, it was my job. So I went in full speed. I knew this job was me. I knew this job was mine. It was 100%. It was slam dunk. Now, of course, I had to interview for it. And we were all so clear. I was the right candidate. So imagine my shock when I was not the right candidate. Discover my shock when I answered the phone and the voice told me, this is going to be really hard to hear. We've chosen the other candidate. I knew the other candidate. That other candidate is fine. (laughs) It's actually quite good. And I'm great. All the things they said that they were looking for, I had the experience. I had the personality. This other person, they had experience and a personality that it just didn't make sense. And it was heartbreaking. And I was so pissed. I was so angry. It took me weeks to be able to mean when I said, for some reason, it must be the right thing. Took me weeks of anger and disappointment and confusion to understand that I could still trust. Here's why it's important I trusted. Here's why it's really important I didn't get that job. Within six months, the entire upper leadership of that division changed. From the board member to all of the senior vice presidents, they all changed. And that person who got the VP role that I thought was mine, that I was perfect for, that crushed me when I didn't get it, they got a different call. And that call was, in the next week, It's your job to lay off every single person in your group. If I had gotten that job, I would have had the obligation 
to lay off every single person. I would have spent a week with back-to-back meetings describing to every single person, there's been a strategy change. This role is no longer a part of the future. You have six weeks to find another job within the corporation or you'll no longer be working for this corporation. Thank all the gods (laughs) that I did not get that job. Thank all the gods. I still feel such deep gratitude that I wasn't chosen, that I was crushed and disappointed instead. I actually ended up offering my support to the person who did get that job, to coach them, to listen, to to honestly just be a person that they weren't laying off. A few months later, that person was also laid off. Thank goodness. So the third part, the first part, allow your feelings for as long as you need to. The second part, trust. And the third part is to build your brave. Get really clear what exactly do you want and tell the people around you. Then go into your momentum. Spend just as much time feeling your way to your goal as you do working towards it. And strengthen your accountability. Choose who you want to become and do the work to become her. It's hard when we lose. But you don't have to lose. You can learn instead. All right. Until next time, make sure you've listened to the episodes for the Build Your Brave Frameworks. You can keep going. It's the only choice, really. Brave it up. Hey, before you go, if you find the brave concepts I share in this podcast useful and you want personal in-depth support, to reach your brave goals, I invite you to apply for my six-month one-on-one Build Your Brave coaching package. We take all the things I talk about here and apply them specifically and with laser focus to you. Imagine you and me together for six months building your bravery so that no matter your goal, No matter where you're starting, we celebrate your results. I coach you and I teach you everything you need to know to get clear, get going, and become your brave you. You will stress less, you will work less, and you will earn a lot more. By the end of working together, you'll know exactly how you've created your life and how you will continue to do so 
one brave moment, one brave choice at a time. Go to tricksteinbach.com and schedule your consultation. Till next week, brave it up.